Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Faith here with a welcome toast. I won't be impressed with technology until I can download food. Listen to our show in small bites or enjoy the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. What a show we have for you. We have an extraordinary red wine to bring as a gift for the holidays. We're going to have a Twang Thursday thing with beer and a sound studio in the Parkville section of Hartford about how neighborhoods transform based on food and drink. And my favorite, we have Lydia Bastianich and her new cookbook. She's been a guest many times on our show. What can I say? I love her. Her book is called Lydia's Celebrate Like an Italian. All right, my treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributor Chris Prosperi and Alex Province, Robin Doy and Aiken, senior producer. Hey, everybody. All right. Hi. Hi. You know who that is. That is the voice of Lydia Bastianich. Lydia, welcome to the Food Schmooze Party. Buongiorno, buongiorno. Buongiorno. Oh, buongiorno. Lydia, as you probably know, I always like to talk to people who don't know. So (laughs) if you don't, she is the host on public television of these cooking shows that are so phenomenal. I don't miss one of them. She is a cookbook author so many times over, owns incredible restaurants. Becca. Becca, exactly. <laughs> but Lydia, yay. Um, she is, I would say, in the entertainment business also. But here's a new cookbook. That's more to the point. And it's called Lydia's Celebrate Like an Italian. She is among the great Italian cooks, teachers, recipe creators for her own restaurants. There is a gorgeousness of ingredients in Italian cooking, but also a simplicity. Can you talk about that? First of all, Italian cooking is straightforward and simple. It's all about a few top ingredients. In the shopping is the biggest part of, of, you know, when you go out and you really shop the best ingredients and then elaborate them as little as possible. And I must say, I must kind of go back to uh, Julia Child, who actually initially, she is the reason I got started on public television. I observed her and, and she kind of mentored me. And what she was doing was she was so interested and so wanting of the people out there cooking her recipe. It wasn't about how much she knew, but it was how she could transport it and teach them. Mm-hmm. And I says, that's what it's all about. I need to get those people cooking, simple like me. And hence, you know, uh, when I do the recipes, when I go to the instructions, I make it as simple as possible, straightforward, so that almost anybody can do it. And what I get from the viewers, they tell me, says, you know, Lydia, I can do it. You know, you empower me. And I love it. I so appreciate that you did that. It is the thing that I loved about Julia 
and I love about you, I know you care about what really matters, that we can appreciate your culture and the food and wine of this place and other places. So thank you for that. Can I just jump to a recipe that we have on our site? This is a polenta torta with gorgonzola and savoy cabbage. Now, when you say a polenta, you know, that's already a magic word, but when you say polenta torta, what do you mean by that? The dish looks like a cake. And it is shaped in the form of a cake in a spring uh, form, you know, 10 inch or 8 inch, whatever, however big you want it. And the polenta becomes the sponge cake, if you will. And Polenta and Savoy cabbage, my grandmother used to make it all the time. It's a marriage made in heaven. I just love that. So actually, you just layer it. You first cook the polenta. You put it in the spring form when it's nice and cooked and still runny, and you let it chill in the refrigerator. The next day, unlock it out of the spring form, and you cut it three or four slices, just like you do a sponge cake. Then you make your savoy cabbage separately. I boil savoy cabbage and potato together Mm. until it's kind of, you know, really soft. And then I take garlic and oil. I drain the potatoes and the cabbage, and I mash this drained cabbage and potato with garlic and oil, salt, and a little bit of pepper, and you have this kind of (laughs) rocky mash potato savoy cabbage. No, seriously. Good olive oil. It's ridiculous. That's the (laughs) buttercream. That's ridiculous. That's that's the filling. And then, then of course, uh, you know, you can just do it like that, but then I add the gorgonzola cheese. You can do a milder cheese if you like. That's the frosting. Gorgonzola and polenta go so good. Oh, I know. So then you lay it up just like a cake. Again, you put it back in the mold and you layer it. You know, first the polenta, then you put the savoy cabbage, mm. then a little bit of crumbled cheese, then another layer of the polenta, and so on. And at the top, I usually put some uh, cheese, a little bit of butter, a little bit of grated cheese, and I put it in the oven to bake all together. This business about gorgonzola, this happens to us with cheese, especially in America, all the time. We don't have too much in the supermarkets in terms of, you know, like 12 cows producing (laughs) those incredible. We can get those at farm stands. But if you're in the supermarket, does it mean we shouldn't buy the gorgonzola and make your recipe? How do you look at that? First of all, look, you know, you can go maybe to the Italian deli or whatever and see if you can get some. And uh, not a sharp, if you like sharp, then you get sharp, but not, not a sharper gorgonzola. But, I mean, but, can we buy supermarket gorgonzola if we you, don't have access to the fancy? You know, fancy? you could. You could, and okay. then what I would do is, it, maybe it's not as creamy, maybe it's too sharp. I would lighten it up with a little bit of mascarpone or something. So, you know, oh. this kind of common sense cooking mm-hmm. in the kitchen. You bring it to the flavors that you know you and your family like. For example, your family might not like the gorgonzola. You might like cheddar. Would this be okay with cheddar? Yeah. I think so. You know, it will go in another direction. So this is the freedom that I encourage people to have. Okay, so think about this. This recipe I'm very excited about. And I'm going to explain a little something about this in just a minute. But let me say that in the years of doing the Food Schmooze Party, among the most popular things we have ever put on the website, and we do it every holiday, it is there right now, 
what was the recipe? Barolo Beef and Barolo wine. It is a stunner of a recipe. It. Here yeah. is the one now that I am so excited about. Polenta torta, which is like a little cake with gorgonzola and savoy cabbage. So think about this in the picture in the cookbook. You can see that it looks like a layer cake with three layers. And on the top, that cheese is like browning. Mm -hmm. And you could say to me that someone doesn't like cabbage. And if you had this... You'd you like would it. flip out. <laughs> I mean, like it's just unbelievable. <laughs> hey. The cookbook is called Lydia's Celebrate Like an Italian. And boy, do they celebrate. Go ahead, Chris. I want the Barola beef with that. I, that's what yeah. I was yeah. thinking. You know, it would be a great, great meal. Yeah. You give a nice slice oh. like of this and then a braised oh. Uh, a oh, and the sauce oh. with the gorgonzola oh. and the polenta Running just together dripping the, the scraping that into it with the I know. Oh. And Lydia, I don't want you to kill me, but on this <laughs> show cuz last time we did beautiful barolos for your recipe. Uh-huh. This time we kind of we thought let's be a little international too, so we've got a gorgeous Syrah coming, which would stand up to the beef and barola. It would stand up to really just about anything. And it's also a great gift for the holidays. So we're going to move to a recipe of yours. And if you say the words guinea hen to people in America, they just go, what do you mean? What is that? Where do I get yeah. that? Yeah. You know? So we have on our site, foochmoose.org, roasted guinea hen with a balsamic glaze. You oh. certainly know what that is. Oh. Talk to me about guinea hen. Guinea hen is a chicken. My grandmother always had amongst her chickens, she had guinea hens. The plumage is uh, kind of spotted, white spots on a black base, and it makes uh, an awful uh, noise, you know. They're loud, yes, right? they're really loud. loud. Yeah. They, they're Your good. neighbors don't like them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the farm, there's snakes, lizards. They eat all of that up. So they clean up the yard in a sense, but they're also delicious when eaten. Mm. And it has a little bit more body than a chicken does, I would say, you mm. know. But I love it. It's delicious. And you treat it basically like you would a chicken. You truss it a little bit and, and you cook it a little longer. It needs a little bit more moisture and cooking. Uh, and it stands up to good aromatic herbs because it, mm. it has a, just a little bit extra complexity. Is it kind of like a cross between... Uh, chicken thighs, dark meat, and white meat, or is it, it like it is, the dark it, meat? It is. It goes darker yeah. in color, just a little bit. And, of course, the breast is the breast. The legs are a little bit more, uh, you know, muscular, if you will, than the chicken's dark meat. Uh, the whole texture of the bird is a bit more, uh, you got to bite into it, and it has great flavor. Chris, w- before we do the yeah. recipe, where do you get in our region? Where would you get a guinea hen? You know what? It's funny because if it's in an Italian neighborhood, if you're near that big concentration of Italian people, the stop and shops, okay. I've seen the guinea hens there, and they're wonderful. So, so Lydia, tell us about how this comes together. Is it difficult? Uh, no. It's like a roasted chicken, and as I said, you dress it, then you stuff it uh, with rosemary, sage, around the whole bird. You tie the bird, season it salt, pepper. You put a little bit of carrots, a little bit of celery, a little bit of onions, bay leaves, and a little bit of chicken stock on the bottom. And you put uh, uh, the guinea hen whole as you do a whole chicken, and you put it all in the oven to roast. 
and the vegetables are roasting underneath. That will become the sauce. The guinea hen is roasting. Initially, I, I like to cover it with a little tent of foil so that it kind of steams a little bit inside. And then I uncover it and let it get the, mm. the, the coloring. But towards the last half an hour, I make separately uh, a reduction of balsamic vinegar. Not the very expensive, not the traditionale. You don't need for this. You take a bottle of regular commercial uh, balsamic vinegar, you put it in a pot, you put a few bay leaves, you put a little bit of honey, a little bit of uh, cloves, whatever flavorings you'd like, and you simmer that until mm. it gets a half of the volume, nice like molasses. Thick. Yeah, layers, yeah. Of, like, layers of flavor. You know, I'm oh. so glad you explained how to do this, because when you say the word reduction to people, they think it's chefy, they get scared of this. But the thing I like about Lydia's cookbooks is that, you know, even though we're talking in these words right now, she she just says in the book, put these things in a pot and simmer them until it reduces by Mm -hmm. a certain amount. And that's called a reduction. Who cares what it's called? It just intensifies the flavor. Right, Lydia? Exactly. When it it looks like molasses almost. Yeah. This gets nice. And then in the last half hour, you brush the bird, the guinea hen, on all sides, everything well. And you put it back in the oven, uncovered, and it gets mahogany color. In the meantime, you gather all of the vegetables and the juices underneath, and you kind of mash it, pass it through a sieve, and make uh, a gravy for Oh, this that is, is why good. I love her restaurants. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, no, seriously. Right there. And On regular chicken, though, you could use, instead of using butter, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's so much more interesting. Yeah. You can use the same recipe for chicken. Absolutely. You know, it just takes less time to cook. One of the great Italian chefs on the planet. And I don't want to just say chef because, Chris, as you know, that implies you do a column about how to how to uh, cook at home. And so you understand the difference in those worlds. And what I love about Lydia is that in her restaurants, she can dazzle you. But in her cookbooks, she can dazzle you and make you feel so Italian because she explains how to do something. And it's not a million steps. It's just really good ingredients treated well. Go Uh, ahead. A friend of mine tells me when she's following your recipes, she says it's like you're there with her. And I think that's like the the best compliment. That's a good compliment. That that you're there guiding her through the recipe. And it makes her feel comfortable to cook. And that's the key. Well, Lydia, can I jump into, because here we are really right on the holidays. And so... There is a recipe here that we thought was wonderful, and we want to thank you for allowing us to put this on the site, foodschmooze.org. Oh, God, I have to do it, people. Schmooze. S-C-H like school. Alex can do it now. M-O-O like move. Like the cow. Z-E. Foodschmooze.org, where you will find a lot of information about this cookbook. But here is an almond tort with chocolate chips. Lydia, what is that in Italian? Is it torta di mandori? Mandorle. Mandorle. Torta di mandorle con gocci? Con gocci di cioccolata. Uh, you know, it's like teardrops of chocolate. Oh. I like that. 
is I'm that crying. spectacular. <laughs> the cake is very, very Italian, moist, because you use regular flour, you use almond flour, and it's delicious in itself. I just added the chocolate chip because, you know, everybody in America certainly loves chocolate chip. But you can put in there, you know, like uh, citrus rinds, mm-hmm. you can put uh, raisins, you can put anything in there. Like you can that. just leave it plain. Let me ask you, when you say everybody in America loves chocolate, how about in Italy? Do they not use chocolate in a dessert quite so much? Or I think that we love our chocolate much more straight than we do incorporated in, in chocolate chips, like a chocolate chip cookie. Uh, it's American. It's not Italian. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, I think that uh, using it actually in the dough, in us part, it's uh-huh. much less in Italy. Yeah. We like our chocolate straight. We like our cakes <laughs> straight. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, no, I get that. Um, so what we've got here is butter, flour, baking powder, the usual suspects, and a little sugar and yeah. eggs and the zest of lemon, the little almond extract, and then almond flour or almond meal. We are seeing in America, and I think it started with the gluten-free movement, yeah. more people understanding that there is this kind of high-protein flour with almond in it, crushed almonds, mm. and it is a gorgeous thing in desserts, right? It is wonderful. It keeps the desserts nice and moist. It minimizes the use of gluten flour, and mm-hmm. it's nutritious. It really and, is. And probably more flavorful than wheat flour, yeah. right? I mean, almonds taste good. That's really true, Alex. And then, of course, chocolate chips and the blanched almonds that go and, on top. Go ahead. Just put one thing after another in a, in a blender or in a mixer, and, you know, you just pour it in a, in a spring form, and voila, you got your cake. I love that you do these in the book. This is not on our site, but I just kind of adored this. These individual eggplant custards. Yes. Do you you like this, right? Of course you do because it's in your book. But I just love this kind of thing. It's very nice. And especially, you know, this is a party book. How do you plan a party? These are the kind of foods. You can make your custards in advance. You can even make them a day in advance. Uh, You know, I like them when they're kind of a little bit warm from the oven. Not too warm. And I like to serve them like that. But it's one of those easy, convenience foods. You mm. make it before you can, uh, you know, make the, the mixture, and then you just put it in a, in a bain-marie, in a little ramekin, and, and you bake it. And you can make 10, 12, 20, 30, so you can have an appetizer <laughs> for, for a party of 30, you oh. know, and it's done. You know, if you're having people over and maybe just even doing drinks and, you know, because it's the holidays. A glass of champagne. What, yeah, yeah, whatever. And can you imagine giving them these tiny little yeah. cups yeah. with a yeah. Little spoon and yeah. these yeah. eggplant custard. Yeah. What a, Make an appetizer yeah. that Easy. is! Or if you're sitting down to dinner with people and you give, I just love. Great, great cookbook, yeah. Lydia. Thank you so much for being with us. What are you doing for the holidays? What are you going to do? What am I doing? I'm cooking. <laughs> yeah. No. Are you going to be in a no, restaurant? Actually, you're going to be. In? I'm going to be at home, and uh, the, the four generations are going to be there. My mother, my kids, Tanya, my uh, Tanya, and her kids, Joseph and his family, Joseph, yeah. and my mother, my brother's coming with his three kids, and, and we're going to be. There. There, it's going to be so awesome. <laughs> I didn't count 
close on you. How many are you? <laughs> <laughs> Faith doesn't eat much. You won't notice. I love to tease you. I love to tease you. Hey, thank you, Lydia. Just Thanks, guys. Adore hey, talking with you. With you. All right. Yeah, you yeah. too. Happy, bye happy bye. holiday. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, we have an incredible gift wine to tell you about. We're going to have beer and music. Twang Thursdays from a neighborhood in Hartford. All kinds of stuff coming your way. More mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. And I hope, please listen to me at this occasion, that you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. Well, I'm feeling mighty fine, y'all. Music on the radio Said I'm feeling mighty nice, y'all Got my music on the radio Feel like I want to kiss you, baby Standing underneath that mistletoe Seriously love this. This is Steve Cassano. He's a drummer in this band. We're going to hear about this in a second. There's a reason that this um, song is here. One of the things I love the most about small restaurants, small business startups, is how they move into a low-cost rent area. I mean, who wouldn't in this kind of crazy age we're in? And then they become an anchor for the neighborhood, and they lift both the spirit and the economy of the place. We all see this happening, right, Alex and Chris? I mean, we see this. And I thought it would be great to check in on one neighborhood in our midst. This is happening all over. I'm going to ask you to tell us if it's happening near you. I thought we'd check in on one neighborhood in our midst where this is happening. This is the Parkville section of Hartford. It's becoming more vibrant, one little business at a time. We have Hog River Brewery, and now there's Parkville Sound Studio right next door. And they have both teamed up in this neighborhood to do Twang Thursday Beer and Music Nights. Suddenly, we're going to do that here. Suddenly, (laughs) both the Parkville Sound Studio for startup bands, recording artists and video artists, and the brewery, are kind of happening places. They're drawing people from the neighborhood and far beyond. And then the neighborhood, in turn, is expanding its aliveness. You know, Mm. I want to say it that way, Chris and Alex, because this is stupid to act like 
there weren't people here before these things. But this is just added vibrancy when when these startups come in. And I think that's what we're talking about. It's like a coral reef or something, just yeah. another fish coming in or another. It just makes it more vibrant, yeah. more, more biodiversity. And sometimes the energy from that is enough to lift a place into a kind of radiance. That's not about money. It's about caring about a neighborhood. And everybody in the room is shaking their heads right now. Go ahead. And one thing brings in another thing, right? Yeah, and right, Chris? Uh, And no matter where you live, you say, I'm going there. I'm going there, yeah. Coffee shops Uh, are supported. Everything is able to sustain. I have a pair of jeans. Do you know about jeans? No, no, we're going to get to it. That's in the neighborhood also. (laughs) I have a pair of jeans, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, come on. We have music from the Parkville Sound Studio for you to hear. You just heard some. And Hog River Beer to Try. And Mm. I would also like you, as you're listening right now, to join this conversation with a cheer. Let me tell you what that cheer is about. If you're watching a small startup business or arts group enliven a community near you or where you are, let us know on Facebook. We want to help them get a following. Tell us on Facebook at Faith Middleton Fuchmoos. Okay, we're going to have our own twang Thursday thing here, the way they do with these two people. We need music to get us in the mood, and we need to hoist a beer. Don't, don't take off if you can't look down. So from Hog River Brewing, we have Joy Braddock. What you bring for us? Welcome to the show, by the Thank way. Yeah. What you bring for us to um, hoist for our copy of Twang yes, Thursday? Yes. So I brought. This is our fall harvest alt beer. This is a classic German ale. So we like to say we specialize in profoundly uncool beers <laughs> because <laughs> what, what everyone loves an IPI, yeah. but we love oh. really traditional, especially German beers. And our yeah. our flagship. Wait, wait ale what does is that mean to you? What does that mean for people? Our Oh, gosh, I have to dig really deep into the craft beer scene. This is going to remind you of an Oktoberfest. That would be a point of reference. And so you're going to get a nice malt backbone and bready, biscuity uh, flavor out of it, a slight Mm -hmm. hop. We call it a noble hop. So it's Mm -hmm. not going to remind you of an IPA. It just has a nice balance between the sweet and the bitter. Yeah, and we're hoisting this, mm. and this uh, up is, the mass it goes. You, know, it, <laughs> yes. you would think that we just want to make people feel good who are with us, but honestly, what we try and do on the show is only have people having things that we like because you've got enough places to hear about what's wrong. So if we like it, you get on the show. And this is a delicious beer. And it's only at the brewery, right? Yes. In the Parkville section. You can only find it in the Park Street. Park Street. Another reason to go there. Yes. (laughs) You can can get growlers there, right? You can get growlers to go. We we just started canning, so you can grab some cans. If you're not a beer lover, what's a growler? I I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Growl who? 
<laughs> yep. So we have it's it's just a beautiful a bottle that you could take home with you, and you can get in two sizes. You recycle them, right? You and you bring them back, refill them. It's, I like it's that a perfect, program. Perfect <laughs> program. No, Mine's you might empty. you might Fill say, what is she talking about? <laughs> about Twang Thursdays. What does she mean about that? So you two have teamed up. I'm going to get to that. If you're going to have a Twang Thursday, we've got the beer we're hoisting. You got to have music. Now you heard some of that coming in. Um, this is music again from the Parkville Sound Studio. So Steve Cusano is here, and he is founder and director of that Parkville Sound Studio on uh, Park Street. And Steve, welcome to the party. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you here. Steve knows that I sent him a note beforehand because I was listening to all his music, and I play congas. I had said in my note to you that I really listen for rhythm and drumming, and I just love not only your obvious stuff, but also the nuance where you are being really careful about letting either instruments or voices, sometimes Mm -hmm. the same thing, come forward where they should. You are in service to everybody, so I really appreciate that. Supporting the music and just being sensitive. Our love has made us wise Ooh, nah, nah. it in yourself to see Who, who I really am oh, 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 oh. But I thought this was how you Exactly. Okay, so here's my thing. I think this is kind of a genius idea to have a sound studio, of course, in a place where you can afford it, Parkville section of Hartford. Who's using it? We specialize in three services. We have lessons, rehearsal space, and our video sessions. You know, we have a lot of neighborhood kids, kids Mm -hmm. that grew up in Parkville, coming to take lessons from either a voice teacher, a bass teacher, guitar, me and the drums. We have Rehearsal space, bands like West End Blend, Weisel Moon, Brokazaria, <laughs> Booyah. I don't know if yeah. you heard of that, but the, the, sure. the Wednesday Free Funk at Arch Street Tavern. Yeah. Um, all these bands coming through to uh, practice and utilize the space. Think about this. If you've got a relative who's into this, who happens to live with you, you might be wishing that they would find a studio like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, where are you? All, all kidding aside, where are you going to practice? you got to have that kind of space. Absolutely. You need to have it. As a musician that's trying to do this full time and, you know, make a living doing this, you got to have access to a space that you can perfect your craft. So before I hoist some more of this mm-hmm. um, Hog River Brewery beer... There is a dance company in New York City called Gibney Dance. Gina Gibney had this idea to get a whole building. Dancers have the same problem. Uh, Turns out theater people in New York City, all these big shows we see, where are they Mm going to rehearse? So she starts this huge building and, oh, 
my God, this is Gibney Dance is a booming thing in New York City for theater rehearsals, for music, for individual performances, for all these dance companies. When I heard, Steve, that you were doing what you're doing at the sound studio, yeah, I thought, oh, my God, he's bringing it here. Mm-hmm. Smart, yeah. really smart. Absolutely. And, you know, with the Hard School of Music, all these students living in West End apartments that are three-family houses, you yeah. can't really practice the drums. And so you went to, I know a lot about Jackie McLean. Oh, okay, you yeah. Know. So you went to the McLean program, yeah, right? Yeah, I went to the Jackie McLean Institute of Jazz, uh, graduated in 2015. What, usually when you go through a program, there's one thing that sticks with you and that you call upon. What what do you think that thing might be? You know, as a drummer, your your role is to support the band, support the music, like the engine. You, you keep going and you're like the point guard of a basketball team. You're facilitating everyone. You're making everyone look good. So to do that now and expand it in the whole umbrella of music and help bands to rehearse and to give uh-huh. them a chance to get in front of a camera and then help promote them and, you know, get this video or music out there. It's been inspiring. So That's so great. tell me, Joy, what are these twang? You Then you two are right next to each other yeah. in this Parkville God, section. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and you went there for the same reason, right? Affordable. Absolutely. We always wanted to be in Hartford, um, bring craft beer to the city, and it ended up being, yeah, just a super aff- – you're going to find a lot of craft beer tap rooms in oh. industrial areas. Not only affordable, there's a huge historical element mm-hmm. to the neighborhood, yes. to the street, and to our and, building. And actual, the buildings, actual yeah. Yeah. human beings living in these neighborhoods. Exactly. Yeah, right? we, we actually have apartments yeah, within exactly. the building, yeah. so it, we have a lot of regulars. So how'd you do this Twang Thursdays things where you've got your music teaming up with your beer? That yeah. is such a good idea. It was just a really organic thing. I mean, we just got to know Steve and Connor, who is the lead singer of the band, and so they co-present Twang Thursdays with us. So the whole idea is take our space, it's a unique space, um, and bring people into it for another reason other than beer. And it's to discover original music locally from the Northeast. So people are coming not only from the neighborhood, which I adore the most, but then from the outside too. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. saying, oh, let's see, let's see what this scene is all about. And you know that there are other areas right even nearby in Hartford or any place where this is happening. There's like a little Japanese restaurant or a Thai restaurant comes in and then suddenly the shopping center is crowded. What do you folks know from your neighborhoods in Hartford? It's remarkable. I'm on a little stretch in Capitol Avenue and where um, from Park Terrace all the way to Broad Street, you have a handful of these tiny little restaurants that just popped up. You can take an Uber in from, you know, a suburb and all of a sudden you're in this really cool spot and wonderful cocktails. Like there's Maisie's who's doing this like soulful food for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still in it Maisie's. Good? Oh, it's wonderful. I can smell like, you know, the food from <laughs> outside and I get hungry and walk over. I'll call him and ask what, what's on the what menu today. I can smell it. And I'm like, I'll be there. I'll be there in a second. And two, two seconds later, I walk through the door. They're like, you're not the one that just called. <laughs> okay, Chris. Yeah. And you were talking about the jeans, right? Oh, yeah. And this is I mean, in and that's Hartford. right around the corner from you yeah. guys, right? Hartford Denim, it's yeah. Hartford Denim Company. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they make great jeans. I just got one of their work shirts, which is awesome, awesome. as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, they were there a little bit before you, but that's the one thing bringing in another thing, yeah. bringing Absolutely. in another thing. And then now you see restaurants. Park and Oak is on the West Hartford side of you guys, one of yeah. my favorite I restaurants, know. right? And, and yeah. it's their chicken and waffles. Oh, my God. But again, <laughs> oh, this wow. Brings, I haven't had that 
Oh wow. my God! This brings that whole section of Hartford. It brings new life to it. Every time something new opens, it gives you another reason to go, and, and then you go to the things that you already know is there. And you couple that in with like CRDA in Hartford is doing some great stuff. They restore old buildings, and um, they're supporting like Story and Soil, like a little coffee shop that went into this historic building. Let, and it's like me, a domino effect. I love this. What you're all talking about. So let me just say this. At the same time that we're having this conversation, there's a lot of news headlines about budget disasters and all this stuff. But still, on the grassroots, what's happening is that things are percolating, things are coming alive at the same time that struggles are happening. It's like life in general. There's always more good stuff than bad stuff. Yeah. You just have to look at <laughs> yeah, it. I like that. And I think we, dig a little. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. we like focusing on the bad, so unfortunately. I, uh, well, our brains do like uh, preparing for the dinosaur coming. Yeah. So, um, First of all, I just wanted to say, Joy Braddock from Hog River Brewing, the beer is honestly, honestly, so delicious and thank, thank you. you it's not sold in stores you have to go to the tap <laughs> room yeah, in the Parkville <laughs> section of Hartford and I thought we would go out with St- Steve quick you have something coming up an album coming out when what part oh of the it just year? came out it came out in October 13th what's it called it's called see the light uh broke area future soul band we're based out of Hartford oh um, yeah. I love that I'm a big Got it soul on my fan Shazam already. okay there you <laughs> go this afternoon. Awesome. Okay, let's go out with some music right so Steve our guest Steve Cassano is a drummer on this and I really love this so I we thought it would be really fun to go out with cool this music. thank you the local please support your local food growers and food makers for on-demand podcast delivery of the food schmooze party every week it just appears in your inbox you can listen whenever you want you probably know how this works and if you don't i'm glad i'm telling you all right go to foodschmooze.org you sign up once and it is all set Hey, at our site, we were talking earlier with Lydia Bastianich, yeah. the great Italian chef on so television, yeah. cookbooks, mm-hmm. restaurants in Me New York too. City. We want to say that on our website, we have some of her recipes, foodschmooze.org. Barolo. The beef and Barolo wine is still up and is among the most Mm -hmm. popular recipes that we have ever featured on the show. Don't tell her, but I've done it with a Cabernet and it works fine, too. I know. (laughs) Oh, she'd probably be fine with it. I have made this at home several times. Chris has made it for us several Mm. times here. It is a killer recipe. Okay. Before we go on with this wine that Alex brought to our attention, Saint Joseph, Saint Joseph, for for those of us who are English, it's a French wine. It actually would go well with a lot of things. It's a great host gift. We'll get back to that. 
Alex, in this last segment, we had what happens to a neighborhood when, if you're just joining us, when, um, you know, there's a small business, a small restaurant, a small brewery like Hog River or Parkville Sound Studio, they come into the neighborhood. Now, there were a lot of people there before, and they're, you know, it's all vibrant already, even though there may be struggles. And then these additional things just lift up everybody. You know, suddenly yeah. there's a community space. You just thought of a couple in near the Parkville section. So li- on Capitol Avenue, there's Little River Restorative, such a wonderful place for cocktails. And then Red Rock Cafe, they're in, on the corner of right there on Capitol Avenue. And they, they've done a lot with preserving the historic buildings there. They have a, a facade from mm. the old Red Rock um, soda from way back when. The first plan B. Oh, my oh, God, the yeah, first Plan B them. Burger Bar. The first Plan B Burger so, Bar. So um, <laughs> one more mention before we do the wine, and that is that if there is something, a small business in your area that you think has added sparkle yeah. to the community, to the neighborhood, where people are starting to drive into a particular shopping center, drive, you know, go to an area that they normally wouldn't go because yeah. something there is serving as one of the anchors of the community. We want to hear from you because we yeah. want to give them publicity. So go to us on Facebook, and here's the address, Faith Middleton, Fuchmos. Okay, I'm going to put the first one on there in Winstead, in the center of Winstead, which is going up and down with openings and closings. So he's Lebanese, and it's a great restaurant, and it's Nee James, but it's spelled N-O-U-J-A-I-M-S restaurant, and it's on Main Street in Winstead, which is 44. And it's what just that this— be? Uh, New James? Yeah, we, need, we, we just need, call it Nee James. We need Lebanese it, And if you know that area, he's had a couple other places in different areas. This is his new location. It's good, and huh? It's unbelievable. Are people going? It is so good, and it's so great to see when I drive by on a Saturday. Saturday night when I sneak out of my restaurant early and I drive by it on my way home. I love seeing it full with people. Okay. So we've got to get to this wine tasting because it is the holidays. You might be thinking, we've just been through Hanukkah and we're moving into the Christmas period and we're moving into Kwanzaa and Three Kings. So you might be wondering, going to someone's house, what would be an appropriate wine to give as a special present because they're having you to dinner or as a weekend guest. So this is above our normal $15, $20 price point. Yeah. And if you, for the holidays, you're having a special, you know, Christmas or New Year's, a special dinner for you or a couple friends, and you want to have a beautiful wine, this is it. This is one of my favorite wines that Alex has ever brought to my attention. Alex, tell us about it. It's, it's on our website, foodschmooze.org. It's called St. Joseph or Sanzo Chef. So that's the region. So now we're in the north of the Rhone. Rhone is the north and south. So the north is where they do Syrah. And it's Pierre Gaillard is a person's name and his daughter, Jean. Gaillard Vineyard, right? Gaillard Vineyard. They're really well known in that region. They're on all these different sub-appellations of the northern Rhone. So can I just say, before you go on about the region... This is one of the most delicious reds I have just had in years. Yeah, I agree. This is a 2015. Honestly, it is gorgeous. I can tell you about the rocks if you want to know more. (laughs) He has pictures. (laughs) It has an elegance in addition to body that is just beautiful. So 
What are the grapes in here? It's that... 100% Syrah, which is a full-bodied, big-style grape. And they hand harvest, so they go through. It's so steep, they can't use machines, so they go through hand harvest. Then they put everything on the table, all the grapes, and then they only pick the good grapes. Everything is de-stemmed. And then they – remember we talk about like macerating sangria? They'll put all the grapes and they – for five or six days, they'll just allow them to macerate without beginning to ferment. They what just, does that mean? They just start extracting flavor out of the, out of the grapes. You mean they just sit there sit and the flavor just, just naturally comes out yeah. into the yeah. liquid in the pool? You got it. Uh-huh. Yep. So it's just macerating. And then they do a ferment. So they ferment it. And then this is where you make the alcohol. And then goes into barrels. And they'll use these tiny French barrels. And not a lot. When you smell it, you don't get a lot of barrel, right? You're not smelling... I don't know. I don't know when I'm smelling barrel except with a white (laughs) wine that's a lot of oak. I don't know if I'm smelling barrel in this or not. All I know is that this little red liquid gold (laughs) is going down my throat, and I think to myself right away, oh, my God, besides tomato sauce, this would go gorgeously with everything. Uh, You know what I'm thinking? With my Christmas roast. Right? Oh, this is the one. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, honestly, we've been thinking about that because polenta, we do a roast. Oh, everything. Anything. Yeah. I mean, sipping this by a fire would be the most gorgeous yeah. experience. What is this a bottle? Yeah, so we're, yeah, you we haven't told well, us yet. Well, all the hand picking <laughs> doesn't come cheap, so it's 38 to $40 a bottle. Right. That's but, why I'm classifying yeah. this yeah. as a gift wine, a host wine. Christmas you dinner. You've got a, a wine lover. You want to have yeah. a very special dinner. You have an anniversary, a birthday. But it's real wine, so you're paying for the wine. You're not yeah. paying for an ad in a magazine or a fancy label. This is all that handpicking and growing grapes and terrace land that all comes at a cost. And so if you're going to spend $40 for a bottle, it's good to get something that is delivering And you want to savor every mouthful. And yeah. this is one. You know what? Sometimes an expensive wine doesn't pay off per mouthful. <laughs> you know, in the beginning, your that. first sip, yeah. you go, oh. Yep. And then after that, it, it just goes flat. Yeah. I've been, you know, sipping from this glass, which yep. was half full, for this past half hour. Yep. And every single better, sip, right? which yeah. is unusual, is yeah. just so, it's like velvety. Yeah. Really that soft texture. So San Joseph. So Saint Joseph. That's where I'm going. Saint Joseph. Saint Joseph. Saint Joe. <laughs> Saint Joe. I go Saint to my Joe. shop and say I so, want the Saint Joe. <laughs> so if you go to foodschmooze.org, you will see the picture of the label. Yeah. Call ahead to your wine store because they can't stock everything, especially something this beautiful. We tell you exactly on our website what to say to them on the phone so that within 24 hours, the distributor is driving the wine to your wine store. Plenty of time to get it for Christmas dinner. Yeah, anyone yeah. I'm doing. Or New Year's, Or New Year's, right? yeah. Or, or Valentine's, because I was oh, thinking it's coming up, too. Oh, oh, is that coming up, Robin. Robin, that <laughs> know, is a great idea. Yeah, I know yeah. it's holiday time and everything, oh, but yeah. this wine was, it just struck me as romantic and something I would That's like to velvety. drink with my husband. I oh. love that. So. I have to say, this particular wine, I'm so glad Robin said that, would be beautiful with a chocolate truffle. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say no to it. I, I don't say no to chocolate. <laughs> you know what a classic food pairing is? Is um, lamb and Syrah. So yeah, lamb, and say. so anyone who's going to do a a rose a studded with yeah, yeah, yeah for, this would be you know it's meant to be. Yeah. But um, also prime rib, sure. even Lydia's beef and Barolo oh, yeah. wine. Yeah. If beef you're Bourguignon. planning, you know what? I feel like this. 
Life is so short if it's possible to chip in with either a lover or a couple of friends on a particular bottle of special wine like this and say, you know what? Life is short. Let's experience something like this. We can all afford this chipping in together. What a gorgeous experience. Make a beautiful dinner and yeah. give this a try. So anyone with a fireplace, set up a little table, fireside, get a nice bottle of wine, get, you know, a friend or a couple yeah. friends and yeah, just make a little down. restaurant. No, it's really In your sick. living room. It's that time of year. Really you nice, can have your nice dog choice, with you. Alex. Fuchmoose.org. Holidays on the way. We have a couple of minutes. So no matter what holiday you celebrate right now, because we have Three Kings coming, we have Kwanzaa coming, we have Christmas, we just passed Hanukkah. I never want to leave anybody (laughs) out because (laughs) I love holiday time. Me too. It's a magical time of year. People feel pressure, and and I do too. Give food. Cookies, just give food. It takes all the pressure off everything. Just make something from the heart and give it as gifts. And it's the best thing in the world. I was thinking of the fastest food gift to take. Can I riff on your popcorn? Sure. What if you made popcorn? I mean, how easy is that? Mm -hmm. And then you tossed it in a little olive oil or butter would be the ideal. Melted butter. And you made up a mixture of cinnamon sugar. Oh, so it's like a dessert. And tossed it in the buttered popcorn so that it's covered. And then put it in little brown paper bags. Little turbinate, like little brown sugar maybe? All I want is a little bag of popcorn from you that is cinnamon sugar. And I would be hugging you forever. So I don't so why do we put else? so much pressure on each other? No, well, that, that's, that's the it. way to do it. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no. Yeah. Make mine a um, one of those gallon-sized bags of yeah. popcorn. Yeah, whatever. Uh, uh, the big uh, freezer size. My yeah. chef's wife <laughs> makes me snickerdoodles every year, and it's the best. Who does? Thing. My chef, Brian, he his does? wife makes the best snickerdoodle. It's an American cookie, and I just yeah. wait for it because I know when she makes a snickerdoodle, she always puts a little plate aside for me because she knows how much I love them. You know what's is amazing so is yeah. everyone, regardless if you cook a lot or not, has that special recipe that they that they have like somewhere in their soul. And I love, you know, like I think of my dad's German chocolate cake, for example. He doesn't cook often, but that's the one thing that, you know, is as good as it gets. And I love the idea that people have something, a recipe, and, you know, and the fact that you can share it with people. I just love those three words, German chocolate cake. I just love those three words. (laughs) Maybe, Dad, you can send me one. I adore (laughs) all of you. Uh, You know it. Okay, we're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and repeating at 9 p.m. And then Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, listen for my 60-second food schmoozes and never eat more than you can lift. In Hartford, I'm Faith Middleton. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast on your schedule. And when you need a little more party in your life, we're here online at foodschmooze.org. And we hope you'll talk with us on Facebook. We're at Faith Middleton Foodschmooze.